Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so good to see you all today in, in the house of God, in, in Life Community Church and uh, I'm thrilled there are so many people here today. Why don't you look around and see the number of people here today? The coronavirus hasn't kept us away. You know, and we don't say it lightly, but you know, we th- we're looking, listening to the, um, all the government um, advice and the public health advice, and, we, and I encourage you to all do that yourselves, but you know, while we can meet together, let's meet together. It's changing on a, almost a daily basis at the moment, so um, we, we just l- keep abreast. We walk in wisdom, don't we? Yeah. But we don't walk in, in fear. So it's my uh, privilege to open up the Word of God today. Get ready. And... Uh, I'll see Daniel. So, last, last couple of weeks, we've had a, um, part one was about preparing the heart. That we looked at change requires a repositioning. What got us here isn't going to get us there. And we're looking at the life of the Israelites as they're crossing over the, the River Jordan back in, in, in the Old Testament. And uh, they're entering a new chapter. And as a church, we're entering a new chapter, aren't we? Double services. It's so exciting. We're going to double means we're going to double, make space for growth with double services, but can you visualise that we're going to double as a church congregation here, like community church? That what we have here at the moment, look around, imagine this twice the capacity, twice as many people, because in faith we're going to double. But what got us here isn't going to get us there. We have to adapt, we have to change, we have to reposition ourselves. And then last week, Liam um, spoke a brilliant message called Move It. And she said that the miracle is in the movement. And as we move, as we take our steps, God does his steps. God does the miracle because the miracle is in the movement. And she spoke about three of our, 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 our values as a church, about being united, being devoted, and being enthusiastic. I wonder if we today can be a bit enthusiastic. Yeah? So... Thank you, Michael. So if, if there's something about, and I'm going to be speaking into this today, and I'm going to be sharing a bit about my, my journey. If there's something that I say today that resonates in your heart, think of a word. Amen. That's good, Dave. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's your responsibility not to listen, but to draw out of the word, God's word, and to apply it into your hearts. So think of a word right now. Ten, ten seconds. Think of a word. And I'm going to say something good. God is good. Brilliant, fantastic. So if it's truth and if it applies to your life, then just think, think, use that word, say amen, and just receive that word for you today. So today, part three, we're looking at remember to move. I wonder if you say it out loud together. Remember to move. Can you remember the, the last time you did something for the first time? The last time you did something for the first time. We've all done things for the first time in our lives. We've been for that interview, that job interview. Can you remember the last job interview you ever went to? Give me a wave if you remember that, that last job interview you ever went to. Maybe you had the, the sweaty palms and the, the nervous knees knocking together. Can you remember the first time you, were, uh, you, you had, a, had a baby born? Those parents, grandparents in the room. Can you remember that first time? I remember that time, yeah, fondly. Can you remember the first time that um, you went on a, I don't know, a white knuckle ride? 
Oblivion at Alton Towers. The fear factor. Well, I'm going to tell you the first time I did something here in the church for the first time. And it was, I believe it was about 2013. And uh, on the band, Washington doing a great job at the moment, aren't they? Yes. They're really great. Yes. Yes, yeah, it's our appreciation. And I remember a time when we were, we, we were really stripped back with musicians, okay? And some, some weeks we used to play, uh, it's called I Sing Worship. It was an Apple app where you could play backing tracks. And we used to sing along to backing tracks, okay? And one time I said to Leanne, do you know what, Leanne? I've learned the guitar. Learned the guitar. So what happened? When I was growing up, I was, I don't know, about eight, seven, eight years old, um, I had some guitar lessons with a friend of a friend. And I, I had in my repertoire about four different chords. So I thought to Leanne, Leanne, Surely I can lead worship this Sunday. So what I did, I, I got some uh, songs that I thought, well, I might be able to learn these. And I was practicing all, all week long. But what, what occurred to me is my rhythm wasn't very good. So what I needed is someone that could play the drums, that could lead the way with the drums. I could follow their rhythm and I could do the chord bit. Okay, this is as basic as it's getting, okay? So I remember the day I was really a bit nervous and I was leading the worship and... Uh, and David, where's David? David, yeah, David. And David was on drums. But I think there was a bit of miscommunication because what David was doing, he, David was following my timing where I thought I was going to follow David's timing. And I was like, well, yeah, when you're really concentrating, you have like a... a <laughs> I'm looking back, I said to the end, as I looked, she said, you, you look like, um, what did you say? You look really tense. Yeah, I was really tense. I was like trying to think about the chords. My fingers were not bleeding, but they were hurting. And uh, I was trying to get the rhythm right, but that was all going wrong. And I'll tell you what, it was an absolute car crash. It was, I, I, I remember said to the answer to the church at the end, how was that? And Pete said, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, it was, it was. It was terrible, you know, and I thought, you know, that was the, that was the first time I ever led worship, and that was the last time, so I'm saving you. I am oh, not going to lead worship. You're going to stick to what you, what you know and what you can do. So uh, I am not a worship leader, so in that, in that sense. So thank God for all the worship leaders that we have. So that was a, a bad experience. Who remembers that? Does anyone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. I've moved on now, and look, God's healed my hurts, and you know, and uh, but yeah, it was it was bad. But when you do something for the first time, you, it's, it's nerve-wracking, isn't it? But we do things for the first time, and um, we can forget about it, can't we? And then we have a new experience, and then we can get nervous about doing that new experience. But we forget to think actually, God brought me through that first time round. The first time I had that job interview and I asked God, would you give me the courage to, to face those interview questions and those interviewees, would you help me? And he did. Well, the next time we have another interview, a different set of people, different building, it's the same process. God, would you help me this time? You helped me last time. Would you help me this time? Because we have to remember to move. As we move, we remember God's faithfulness in the past of what he did then, yesteryear, last week, last month. So as we face the, the new challenge today, we say, God, you did it then. Won't you do it again today? We've got to remember to move. And we're looking at a, a great chapter in the book of Joshua. Well, two chapters, but covering just little bits of it. Chapters four and five, as we're looking at 
how the, the miracle happens. The children of Israel have been prepared for this miracle of crossing the River Jordan. As we've learned in the last few weeks, it was at flood time, so the, plate, the, the river is overflowing its banks, it's deep. They're now about to have the miracle, so they've, they've, they've set foot in the river, the, the, the riverbed has dried up, they're crossing over on dry ground. This is where we catch the, uh, the story in Joshua chapter 4. But remember to move. Remember to move. And we all face challenges in our lives, in our different circumstances, work, relationships, marriages, where we need God to do something. Yeah. And God's saying, no, you do something. And we get a bit stuck. And we say, well, I don't know where you come through. And he says, I'm with you. Remember then. Maybe to remind ourselves today of God's faithfulness in the past as we remember to move individually and as a church as we go into our new season of double services. So, Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, about two and a half million people, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. So there's 12 tribes, you see. And he's all about unity. He's all about... Um, representation one from each tribe don't leave any tribe out one from each tribe and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight this is my stone this is a stone that I sometimes use in my devotion times my prayer times it's a nice big stone and sometimes if I'm praying I might squeeze the stone and just God I need you God you're faithful because Jesus is the rock, isn't he? Right, yeah. And I use it just as a visual sometimes just to cling on to. Now, these 12 men weren't carrying a stone like that. As we'll read, they carried a stone on their shoulder, a big stone. A big stone, probably trying to grapple through um, the riverbed onto dry land into the place where they're going to camp. Daniel, please go back. And what we see here, they, they took the stones right where the priests were standing. They took the stones right where the priests were standing and took them to the place where they were lodging. And there's significance, church, because right where the miracle was happening, God was saying, take the stones there. Yeah. Don't take them somewhere else. Right where the miracle is happening, take the stones. Right where I am providing for you, right where I'm causing you to know my faithfulness, I want you to pick up a stone. Yeah. Where in your life has God been faithful to you? Where in your life has God caused a miracle? I can't remember. Yes, you can. There's plenty of miracles. Oh, but my, my, this person over here, God's done amazing things. But for me, God just helped me when I had a cough. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Let's not compare the miracles in our lives with each other. But every time we ask God and he answers prayer, it's a miracle. It's an answer to prayer. Where has God been faithful in your life? And interesting, he's asking them to take where the place of the miracle happened to the place where they were lodging. Why? Because the place where they're going to do life is where God wants them to remember. Because we're people that forget, don't we? We are quick to forget. And sometimes we read the stories in the Bible and we think, I will never forget. The people of Israel, they crossed the Red Sea. I would never forget that. Really? Don't answer this, but when was the last time you forgot the faithfulness of God in your life? Very good. Very good. We, as human people, human beings, we're quick to forget. And God was saying, set the stones up where you lodge tonight as a remembrance of what I have done and my faithfulness to you. Yeah, right where the priest is standing, carry them over to the place where you lodge tonight. 
So Joshua called together 12 men. He, he had appointed the Israelites, um, and he said, go over before the ark. If you just take a stone, so he's given the instructions. And, uh, and this is the why in verse 6. Why are they doing this? To serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And what God is saying right there is, when your children, when your son and your daughter ask you, what do these stones mean? You can tell them firsthand of what you've seen and what you've saw and what you've experienced, that God is faithful and God causes miracle to happen. And as you pass it on to your son and daughter, sons and daughters, population, it's going to become a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Because there's power in the story. There's salvation in the story. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything that the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses directed Joshua. The people hurried over. I think I would have been in a rush too. And as soon as all of them had crossed the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. So once the people crossed over, they're now watching the priests cross over. And as we read later on, as soon as the priests, all the priests and all the tribes had crossed over, that's when another miracle happened. Another miracle. Because the, the miracle was, wasn't just in the riverbed becoming dry so they could cross over. But as soon as they went over, then the waters returned. Imagine you were there on the banks. Imagine you were seeing that. You can't believe what's just happened. You're on dry ground. You've crossed over. And now everyone's crossed over. Straight away, the waters return in a massive flood. Massive flood. Another miracle. But God, couldn't you just kept, couldn't you just kept the, the, dry, the, the riverbed dry? No. Because we've got to move. And as we move, there's another miracle. There's more miracles for your life, church. More miracles for your family and individuals. There's more of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God that he wants to reveal to you as we journey, as we move, as we follow him step by step in faith. God, how's this going to work out? I don't know. But follow me, says the Lord, step by step. So the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribes of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of the Israelites. As Moses had directed them, about 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. And we heard last week that these two and a half tribes, they were asked to cross over, but their territory, their land, was where they'd crossed over from. They didn't necessarily have to cross over the River Jordan to gain territory because they wanted territory the other side without crossing over. But because of their love for their brethren, the love for the nation, they wanted to be committed, armed for battle, united, united for the fight, to, to take territory and to seize everything that the Lord had for them as a nation. And here we see on the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at a place called Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. Now, Gilgal means rolling, and we're going to understand why it means rolling in a little while. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones he had taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, that seen that the shift, not when your sons and daughters ask you, but when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. The Lord your God dried up the Jordan for you until you had crossed over. 
The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea. It's a very similar miracle. Very similar. But the people who crossed the Red Sea disobeyed. Amazing miracle, but they forgot the faithfulness of God. They had an opportunity to cross over earlier, but because they disobeyed God and, and, and spread a, a bad report that melted the hearts of the nation, they didn't possess the land that God had for them. Yeah. Now God's saying, remember, remember my faithfulness, remember the Red Sea, remember the River Jordan, remember. He did this so that all the people, say all the peoples, all the peoples, all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Here's a sign, not just for your children and not just for their children, their generations, but that all people on the whole world will know that God is powerful. That God is alive and God is powerful. But not just that any people that don't know know God and in our generation, people that don't yet know Christ, that they may know that he is powerful. But that you, the people of Israel, you and us today, you might always Fear the Lord your God. So twofold, that the the nations of the world would know that God is powerful, but secondly, that we might fear God. We might serve God with reverence. We might worship before him as almighty God. If he can do that, gosh, what else can he do? If he can speak a word and creation was made and the worlds were made and formed, what can he do with that obstacle that's sitting in front of your life today? What can you do with the opportunity of double services and seeing men and women from our community coming to know Christ? What can you do as we go to double, as we obey him every step of the way? And just in summary, very quickly, because time is gone. You see, there's salvation is in your story, but there's also victory in your voice. And we heard later on that, remember the, the walls of Jericho? They marched around in silence, didn't they? And then eventually, the last time they went round, they gave up the shout of victory and the walls came down. Why did they have to shout? What sort of game plan is that? What sort of strategy for taking a city is shouting? Why do we shout in church sometimes? Why do we let out a victory cry? Is it about hype? Or is it victory in our voice? The thing is, when they crossed over, these, these were slaves. They had come out of Egypt. They come out of Egypt and they were slaves. And in their, in their slavery at, at, in Egypt, it was like a reproach. It was a disappointment to them. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. They didn't ask for it. Has anything ever happened in your life that you didn't ask for or need or deserve, but a bad thing happened? Sometimes bad things happen to good people. And bad things had happened. They were slaves. And they had a slave mentality. And so the people, the nations around them saw them as slaves. Some as a a group of people whose God had left. And now suddenly, as they're crossing over and a miracle has happened, unaware, kings in that land are spying on them. And when the report about this amazing miracle had gone back to these kings, what does it say? Because victory is in the voice. There's faith in our voice and there's fear in our voice. When they heard about the miracle, their hearts melted. The Israelites did not know anything about this, but their hearts melted. And they no longer had the courage to face them. These are the people that they were going to fight. These are the people that they're going to take territory from. 
had nothing, they knew nothing about it because there's victory in our voice. And now we see in verses 2 to 9 that the males are circumcised, which is an outward sign of an inward action, an inward conviction of God, I want you to be my God. I thank God that we don't have to be circumcised today. <laughs> I know what the men said. <laughs> but it was an outward action of an inward attitude of heart. And says, today, this is God, today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Today I've rolled away the shame and the disappointment of Egypt to you. I know it's a disappointment, but I had to gather my people in a place called Egypt. I had them form me as a nation. It's been hard for you. I know it's been hard for you, but I had to do it to gather the people of God, my people, my special people, in a place that I could show my goodness and my faithfulness to going forward. And that's why it's called Gilgal, place the rolling, rolling away of reproach. And they celebrated the Passover meal then. And, uh, and we won't say any more. But that, lots happening in chapter 5. So really quickly, what can we learn today? Remember to move. Turn to the verse next to you. Say, remember to move. Remember to move. So to move forward, remember there's salvation in your story. Every one of us has a, a story of our life from the day we were born to present day. But how has God been faithful to you in your story so far? What has God done? What has God brought you through? What has God protected you from? Where could your life be today if God hadn't intervened? There's salvation in your story because God has saved you. Maybe if you're a Christ follower here today, well, your salvation is the fact that God saved you, turned your life around. Maybe your life was just normal, just average life, as many of ours are. But God you gave your life to Jesus. You said, God, would you forgive me? I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. And it meant your life had meaning and purpose. Amen. Salvation in your story. This is for you. There's also salvation in your story. I mean, remember what God has done. If God has done it before, he can do it again. We've got to remind ourselves of that. The Israelites, if God cause you to cross over the Red Sea, he can cause you to cross over this River Jordan. No problem. When we were growing as a church, I remember we just had a group of chairs in the middle. We had about 35 people regularly attending. Oh God, will you ever cause this church to grow? Everyone was working hard and serving God and it was a long slog. And gradually... God was always faithful, but in small ways, he was showing himself faithful and the miracles were happening. And now we see ourselves today. God, you did it before. As we go to double services and we, and we split the congregation into two, we're going to a smaller con- congregation, a smaller dynamic. God, you did it before. And you will do it again. Because there's salvation in our story. God did it before. He'll do it again. Number two. There's victory in your voice. There's victory in your voice. Victory in your voice. Sometimes we're, we're too quiet. Sometimes we're too British. <laughs> Self-included. Yeah. And we've got to be united. 
the, the, the two and a half tribes reunited. They didn't have to be there. They said they would, so they honoured their commitment. But their land was over the other side of the Jordan. But they were united. And when we're united, as we go to double services, let's bring our praise. We've said this already, but let's bring our praise. Church, you've been praising so well today. We, don't, we, we praise God, don't we? He's, a, he's the focus of our praise. He's done great things in our lives. But as we vocal with our praise, it encourages those around us. As we release our praise, it encourages. Who feels encouraged when you're next to someone that's belting it out for Jesus? Whether it's in tune or not, it doesn't matter. But there's, there's, it encourages us. We can encourage with our voice. So my encouragement to you is before you rush off from the service today, find one person before you leave this building today that you can encourage today. I'm not sort of that person, Dave. Well, be that person. Be that person that seeks encourage. It it starts with, and Leanne's really good at this, looking at what someone's wearing, looking at someone's hairstyle, or, you know, I'm I'm trying to get better at that. But we can, you know, spot things, encourage people. Because when someone says, I like what you're wearing, I like this, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Then it leads to words of prophecy. You, you by saying, you know, I love it when you do this, or just a gentle encouragement, could be a word in season that someone needs to hear right then, in that moment. Let's agree. Let's agree. Now, I wanted to speak into this. So, Leanne, naturally, uh, I, would, I would class myself as an extroverted introvert. So, on the inside, I'm probably more wired to be an introvert. So, um, Keep yourself in isolation because of coronavirus, okay? But I'm also extroverted, so I'm a bit of both. But my next natural bent is someone, if someone is saying some good stuff, you'll, hear my, you'll see my, my face going like this. Whereas Leanne will be more vocal. Yes, amen, great, great, great. You know, who's heard Leanne this morning? <laughs> at the back? Even at the back. Where I'll be going like this. I'll be like this. Now, unless you're looking at me, that's not going to encourage you, is it? So I need to get over myself. And I'm, tr- I'm practicing and trying hard to be more verbal in my agreement. Because when someone says something good from the stage, I want to champion them on. I say, that's good. It's not about ego, but that's good. And what I've learned is as I do that, suddenly I feel that I'm receiving the word a lot better. Something's coming into me, even more than me going. <laughs> We're all different, but it's about the word of God. Faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as someone is speaking and preaching and you're engaging, not just with your ears and your mind, but with your heart saying, yeah, that's good. Suddenly you receive it and a shift happens in our hearts. So I wonder if we can be the most vocal church going. Do you believe it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many numbers we are. It's about, it's about the word of God coming to our hearts. So one more time, let's think of that word that you said. And I'm going to say, God is good. Amen. Now think of another word that you're going to agree with it from. Amen, or that's great. So God is good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Because victory is in our voice. We're in the, uh, also in terms of our voice, we're in the season of, of this whole coronavirus, um, COVID-19. 
So let's be people that use our voice in this season. Yeah? Let's be prayerful. Let's pray for our church family. Let's not keep, you know, let's not have a, God's given a voice. So let's, let's pray. God, I want to pray protection over my church family. God, I want to pray for my, my personal family and friends. Would you protect them? Pray for my neighbours. Psalm 91, there's many different um, things we can use, but Psalm 91 is a great one that we can just pray and declare out loud using our voice, because victory is in a voice. Check on our neighbours. Yeah. So, can I say this? I'm really mis- Obviously, I, I really hate this virus, but I am, it re- in my heart, I am really excited about the opportunity that we have as the global church of Jesus Christ. I really am excited because the world has not known anything like this either ever or for many, many, many years. Certainly it's not in this, probably never in this state. The way the media's got a hold of it and everything. We're on unprecedented waters and, and, and territory right now. But I believe that we as a church have got a voice. And as we check in, as we practically check in on our neighbours and encourage them and, and offer to even pray for them, Leanne was in a sauna on Friday night. She's just been reading a, a book on evangelism. Who knows that Leanne does not need to li- read a book on evangelism? <laughs> she's in a sauna, and she's having a conversation with a guy, and then ended up praying for him. And a group of people came in. And Hindus came in. There's about five people at a time. I won't spoil the story, but like, we can pray. Yeah. And people will not... And did that person receive prayer? Absolutely. They want to be prayed for. So let's offer prayer at this time. What a great opportunity we have to offer prayer to our colleagues, our friends, our neighbours. Victory is in your voice. And finally, success is in your surrender. Success is in your surrender. You see, the people of God had to surrender by doing what God wanted them to do. They had to cross over. They didn't do that last time. They raised a negative report. There's giants in the land. It's a good land, but there's giants. There's always giants. There's always bad things, isn't there? There's always a reason why we can't do something. We can't meet together because there's this coronavirus. Well, yes, we take sensible precautions and we walk in wisdom. And if we have a cold or flu, we stay away in seven days. But if we're well, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live in fear. If anyone feels they can't meet, then that's fine. We're not going to, you know. But don't live in fear. Let's do what God asks us to do. Not forsake the meeting of ourselves together, as Hebrews exhorts us. The surrender. Jesus said in the Garden of of, um, Gethsemane, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to go to the cross. He did not want to go to the cross. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, Father. That's surrender. We say to God, not my will, not what I want, not my preference, in this day, in age, we can be missionaries. You don't have to cross the seas, but you can cross your street. You can cross your street to be a missionary. You can go to your neighbour and say, how are you in this time, this pandemic? How are you? Can I help you with some shopping? Practical. Practical. Be a missionary. Do you see yourself as a missionary? Sometimes we, we see ourselves as missionaries of people that we pay to go and do the work of God. No, actually, if we're Christ follower, we're all missionaries. We're all ministers, which means servant. Give me a wave if you're a servant. We are all servants of Jesus if we're Christ follower. We're called to be a missionary, a missional mindset, 
And in this time, let's, let's capitalize. Say, God, today, tomorrow as I wake up, show me how, who I can share the love of Jesus to in a practical way initially, maybe offering prayer eventually. As I share my story of, my, of what you've done in my life and your faithfulness to me, God, may my life make a difference to someone else in this season of coronavirus. God, may in this season of us going to double, would you use me to bring some other people to the house of God, that they may too have an encounter with you which changes their life forever. Let's be practical. Let's be selfless. We're all selfish. We're all selfish. Deeply in our hearts, we are selfish. But let's, as Christians, rise above our natural bent to be selfish and to show the love of God in our shopping habits. Let's not buy excess, not bulk buy. That's, that's panic. We don't have to panic because God is faithful. You've got a story about how God has been faithful in your life. So let's leave some on the shelves for those that can't afford to bulk buy and let's show the love of God that way. I've seen, oh, it's broken my heart this week. I saw in, in, in a local newspaper images that people were showing of their larders full. All the meals that they've prepared for the next 20 days in case they get the coronavirus. And in one sense, I can understand what they're doing. They're saying, look, I'm being prepared. Look at that. But I thought, how deeply selfish is that? For some of the elderly that can't afford to get it. Those on, on benefits that can't afford to bulk buy. How deeply selfish is that? I believe that we can be a church and the global church can have a voice right now where we don't have to be selfish but in this time when we have got this coronavirus that we can say we can show the love of God because we're not going to be selfish because Jesus wasn't selfish he said not my will be done not why my will be done he surrendered to the will of his father and we can surrender to the will of our father in this day in our age we can remember his faithfulness in this, in this time in this season as a church and as a nation as we're facing this virus a success in our surrender. Success in our surrender. Thank you, Lord. I dare to believe, as those memorial stones were set up, and as you set up memorial stones in your life, as you obey God every step of the way, I dare to believe the stories that will be told to other people about what God did in your life. What God did in the life of this church as we go to double services. What God did in the life of the global church at such time as this because the way we responded in faith to COVID-19. I dare to believe there's people out in our community that are watching your lives. They may not read the book, may not have access to the book, but you are their book. You are their Bible. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. As you surrender your life, and we surrender our lives, say, God, not my will, but yours be done. Let's pray. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet now across this place this morning. We're going to double. We're going to double. We're going to double services. But we're going to double, and it's not about numbers of people, but it's about the fact that every number represents an individual life, a husband, a wife, a single person, a child, 
a younger person, an older person that needs to know the love of Jesus Christ. I dare to believe that as we serve hard and we're faithful in what God gives us and we remember his goodness in our lives, that we would see the miracle of growth. We will see the miracle of salvations. We'll see the miracle of healings. We'll see the miracles of answered prayer in your life and mine and those that are yet to come through the doors of this building. We're going to double right now for just 30 seconds. Come on, pray about our double services. Pray about the walls of salvation. Pray that we'll see people coming to know Jesus in unprecedented measure. Come on, let's pray. Let your faith arise right now. Oh Lord, Jesus, have your way. Have your way in our lives. Jesus, have your way. Lord God, we pray for our neighbours. We pray for the students. We pray for the older people. We pray for the working people. We pray for those in the flats. We pray for the streets around. We pray for those that have lived here for many years. We pray for those that have lived here for a short period of time. We pray, Lord God, for the town of Leviton Spa. We pray for the 50,000 men and women and boys and girls. We pray for salvation for such a time as this. We pray for an open heaven, Lord, upon this town, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, we would see the walls of salvation come down, Lord God, and people coming to know you in unprecedented measure. I pray, Lord God, for our nation at this time. I pray, Lord God, in this pandemic of coronavirus, I pray, Lord God, we see salvation. I pray that hope will arise. I pray that faith will arise. I pray that we would declare your faithfulness in the land of the living God. I pray across the world, as churches are closed, that the gospel will go forth in greater power, in greater measure, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. And just right now, in this attitude of prayer, with every head is bowed and eye is shut, Maybe you're here today and you don't yet know this Jesus, who we've been talking about, who we've been claiming about, who is the love of our life, who's done amazing things in our lives, who's healed us, who's saved us, who's given us a hope and a purpose. If you don't know Jesus, I want to pray for you in a minute. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to ask you to, to, to stand up, but I'm just going to pray for you. If you want to say, Jesus, I need you. I need this Jesus in my life. I want to give him the steering wheel of my life. I want to surrender my life to Jesus today then I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now. We're going to pray out loud as a church together. If that's you, you're saying, I need Jesus, and you want to respond to him today, just raise your hand, and I will see your hand today. I need Jesus. 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 Wonderful. 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 Let's pray this prayer. Wonderful. If you're responding, keep praying. I need Jesus. Let's say this out loud together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Everything I've done wrong. I ask you to give me a brand new start. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me. It washes me clean. I ask you to give me a hope and a future. Show me the plans you have for my life. As I surrendered to you. And all God's people said.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.